tryna give me a bag. I'm tryna give me a bag. I'm tryna give me a bag. I'm tryna give me a bag. What's up? What's up? You are now listening to FY Fly the podcast, and I'm your host Hassan Thomas, along with Remy, and we are here to share tools on how millennials can budget, save, invest, and understand student debt and credit to achieve financial freedom. If you're a high school student, college student, or someone who's interested in gaining more financial insight. This podcast is for you. I'm trying to give me a bag. I'm trying to give me a bag. I'm trying to give me a bag. What's up, what's up, my fly folks out there? How y'all doing? I hope y'all doing all right. Welcome to the FY Fly Podcast. My name is Hassan Thomas, a.k.a. the kid that did and the man that can, baby. And today, we are chopping it up with Miss Melissa Leong, who is a world-renowned speaker, media personality, and the best-selling author of the Happy Go Money book. And not to mention, she's been featured on the Drew Barrymore show? Okay. Okay, while being a part of Canada's number one talk show, The Social, which is kind of like the talk or the reel with Lonnie Love in them, right? That's right. It is. Okay, okay, okay. So let's start there. Let's start there. How was that experience of being the money expert on the number one show in Canada? And also, touch on the... Um, perspective. I want to get a little bit of your perspective on, you know, making a fixed salary or a set salary compared to being an entrepreneur who goes out and, you know, hunts and eats what they kill, basically. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, who only gets paid when business is handled. So compare those two. And, you know, is there any different type of money management um, tools or resources when it compares to those to those two? So I have been the personal finance expert on CTV's The Social for nine years. I okay. have the honor of talking about, a, as you know, a pretty tough topic <laughs> to get people engaged in. Uh, but I have... It's a gift because I'm able to reach people through that that uh, that television show in the dentist mm. chair at the salon <laughs> yeah. when they're when they're at home uh, and they're least expecting some financial mm. savvy coming their way. Yeah. So um, I, I've had such a great time, and it's a, a privilege to to be able to be. Uh, sharing my voice in any uh -huh. capacity as you appreciate you know you have this Most platform definitely. and that is a responsibility that you need to take seriously so that's fantastic 100%. and so yes as you said i do work for myself and i before that i was a personal finance reporter for the financial post which is a national newspaper mm. in canada and i had okay. the regular nine to five salary well nine to five uh -huh. <laughs> you work in a newspaper you don't work nine to five you uh, work all day all night but uh, you know, my dad, yes, but my dad was really, you know, he's old school. So he drilled into me, oh, you know, mm. Melissa, you need to have a stable, safe job, you know, <laughs> put in your hours. Hopefully you'll get a pension and you'll yeah. retire <laughs> after staying at that job for 50 years. And I thought, holy shit. Yeah, we know shit. it's not like that yeah, anymore. Yeah, huh? no, dad, that's... <laughs> There's no way that I'm going to be working in a newspaper. The, the, the newspapers may not exist after 50 years. Um, and so mm. I uh, I branched out on my own. And the thing that I was, was just blown away by was I worked so hard as a reporter. You know, I, I, mm. I put everything into it. And there was a ceiling to how much I could make. But mm. when you work for yourself, there really is no limit to how much money 
you can make because, as you said, you eat what you kill,、mm. and if you put more time <laughs> into it and more resources. Sometimes you are rewarded, and so that requires a little bit more organization <laughs> on my part.、Yeah. You know, when the money comes in, ah,、uh, you know, it's it's yes, there are automatic deductions, but there are also okay. I need、mm. to put some of this aside for taxes. I need to put some of this、yeah. aside for future savings and my retirement、mm. because. No one's supporting me but me, and yes,、yeah, for... not employee sponsored. You know, it's, it's、yeah. personal sponsored. You、uh-huh. gotta do it. <laughs>、uh, Melissa Leong sponsored, and、yeah. um, <laughs> it, you know that just requires a little bit more、mm-hmm. strategy. But it's、okay. it's wonderful. You know, you row your own boat. It's exciting.、Mm-hmm. I love that, and I love that. So I normally like to ask this next question at the end of the show. But since you are the author of Happy Go Money, we're gonna do things a little bit different, okay? Okay, bring it on! I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. So I would normally ask them. I would normally ask my guests. You know, out of these, out of, out of these two quotes, which one is more accurate in your opinion? Oh, more okay. More money, more problems. Uh huh. Or money can't buy happiness. I did write a book about but, this. <laughs> but for you, but for you, we're gonna stick with the money can't buy happiness. So can you explain? The connection between happiness and money, and also tell us a little bit about your book and give us like one of the biggest takeaways in there.、Uh, money can't buy money happiness. Money can't buy happiness.、Mm-hmm. I actually think that that is not accurate. Okay, talk to、uh-huh. us. Talk to us. Okay. <laughs> well, you need a roof over your head. <laughs> you need to eat、yeah. indoors. You need、mm-hmm. to be able to. Have a life where you're not worried about your student debts or like debt collectors chasing after you, right?、Most、you need、definitely. to have,、uh, um, you need to have a stable base for you to reach some form of self actualization. How are you going、mm-hmm. to have choices in your life? How are you going to be the person that you want to be if you don't have some kind of handle on your finances? Exactly. You know. And I mean, there's、Most、lots、definitely. of research that says, okay, here's the magic number. Everyone wants to know, okay, how much exactly do I have to make? I'm going to make、uh-huh. that amount, and I'm done.、Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but that five number, that yes, financial independent number. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you. So I'll give you a couple of numbers because、mm-hmm. it's when you when it's based on research. Different researchers, you know, use different benchmarks. So if we're talking、yeah. about day to day happiness, like Hassan, how you feel like right now, talking to me, hopefully super happy. Day to day happiness is about like. Sixty to seventy-five grand U.S. per single-family household pre-tax.、Uh, If we're talking about life satisfaction, like judging、mm-hmm. your life and thinking, "Yeah, my life's pretty good," that number, according to research, is about ninety thousand dollars. Once、okay. you go over those numbers, again, like that thing I just mentioned, the decrease in happiness, and you're thinking,、mm-hmm. "Why would I be less happy <laughs> if I had more money?" <laughs> Uh-huh. But more money, more problems, just also means that you might have more stress. You might be working at a job that requires more hours. You、True. are taking on more responsibility. Maybe you're commuting more. Maybe you are spending more money competing with the Joneses and trying、mm. to keep up appearances. And you're more materialistic now. And finally, you're probably using more of your time and your headspace on things that, according to research, make、yeah. you less happy, like spending less time with your family, having、mm. less time for you know yourself. Got to have and- that balance. Fun and you know enjoyment of of、uh, life. It's not always、100%. about money. 
hundred percent. You gotta have. I th- that's one of the biggest things that I like to tell people is you gotta have that balance. Like, you know, and that goes back to what we were talking about earlier: using money as a tool. Like, use money as a tool to, you know, do the things that you want to do in life that makes you happy. So, can you, you know, definitely speak to us about, you know, you know, what are some of the benefits and opportunities that being financially free or financially literate can create for a person like i know everyone wants the big the big money for the big house and the big car and a nice car do they but let's d- do you let's- do you is that what you want I, I want money for those opportunities and for the experiences but a lot of people do mm. want money for the big house and the big car i want those things yes <laughs> Most definitely, <laughs> but that's not the only reason that I want the money. But I definitely want to get your opinion on, you know, what are what are some of those benefits or some of those opportunities that being fin lit, as we like to call it, mm. um, you know, creates for a person. Okay, two things I want to say before I go into it. The first is, mm. which you said something about balance, and I I think that especially as a woman, especially as a a mom, mm. um. I think we are all searching for that balance, but I think that's a fallacy. I think society tells you that you need to have a balance by having it all. You can work super hard, but you can also vacation and you can also have time off to take care of your kids. And that's a lot. (laughs) Uh We have a lot on our plate. And I think that so-called balance, such as Mm -hmm. that so-called happiness, it's not a destination. You kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, Every day you try to figure out, uh, you know, a balance, a peace of Most mind, definitely. whatever it is. And so some days you'll spend more on things that you don't, that are, don't serve your final goals. And some days you'll mm-hmm. be more, you know, you'll be hustling and some days you will take a bit of a break. That's all fine. I don't think mm-hmm. um, that matters. I think what matters is that you make sure that you give meaning to your work and to your spending yeah if you Mm -hmm. if you are you know just putting blood sweat and tears into your business please please think about what you're doing it for you know if you Mm -hmm. are trying to save your butt off and making all these sacrifices now or you're trying to you're getting you're trying to get a raise what is that money for you know to to take Mm -hmm. some time and think about you know, what the end result is. And you might realize that you think, well, you know, I don't really need all that, that stuff. I'm just trying to be a little bit more. um, I'm trying to create opportunities for myself in the sense of, I need a certain amount of money in the bank in case, in case life happens, you know, you, (laughs) you you need to have, you need to have money set aside in case life happens. You need to have money Mm. set aside for, for future you to have opportunities, to have choices. And that really is what, you know, being financially empowered, I'm doing air quotes mm. on your podcast for people who can't see, um, <laughs> or being financial li- for net financially literate is all about just, mm. just understanding that you are trying to give yourself choices, more choices Most definitely. in the future. Yo, are you ready to hit your next level? Do you want to increase your drive, destiny and dollars? Well, if so, Check out my new book, From College to COVID, 24 Lessons Learned During the Lockdown, where I've compiled five of the biggest lessons I learned going from college to COVID to starting my financial literacy empire, FYI Fly, plus 19 lessons from your favorite entrepreneurs, entertainers, and athletes that have been featured on our show. There's literally something for everyone. 
So purchase your copy today at fyfly.com backslash from college to COVID. Let's go. So do you have like a personal story or maybe a personal story of a friend? You know, you don't have to mention their name or anything. I have where... a friend, but I really need me. <laughs> you mean like one of those stories? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of them, one of them, one of them, where you you wish you would have saved more. You wish you had an emergency fund. Like speak to the importance of having that emergency fund that you were, you know, uh, uh, definitely alluding to. When I met my boyfriend, now husband, he uh-huh. was the happiest man in the country. Like he was the mm-hmm. guy who would dance at the elevator waiting for the uh, <laughs> waiting for the elevator to come. He would just buy yeah. coffee for the people behind him just randomly to to see them smile. And I thought, uh-huh. you, you happy man, let's get married. You know, this is going to be uh-huh. great. We're going to play practical jokes on each other. We're going to sing show tunes. It's going to be great. But mm-hmm. actually, um, three months after we were married, my husband became extremely ill. He was wow. uh terrorized by anxiety and depression and suicidal Mm. ideation and it happened very suddenly and he became a different person very quickly Mm. um just somebody who was struggling and i i wanted to be happy for him which is why i wrote the book and what i realized the most important takeaway which is to answer a question i didn't answer previously the most important (laughs) takeaway from that lesson and that i include in my book is that yeah. We're really bad actually at imagining what our life could be like if that hypothesis is negative. You know, mm. we don't like to think of scary things happening to us. We can't imagine the bad things that are coming around the corner, but the truth is uh you never know. And so 100%. my husband and I got married with the goal of trying not to be too in debt. So we didn't have, you know, the dream wedding. We had a beautiful wedding. We skipped the honeymoon to save money. We yeah. paid off the the wedding with as much cash as we as possible. We purposely bought a house, our first house together, uh mm-hmm. in the boonies. It was like a townhouse. <laughs> it was so slim. The the rooms uh-huh. were triangular. Like who builds triangular rooms? You can't put you can't put a <laughs> bed in a triangular room. But uh-huh. that was the house we could afford on one income. You know, we did the math and I, I wanted opportunities for myself, which was, Hey, if I Mm. have children, uh, if we have a family, then one of us can stay home and we could survive off of that, that one income. So this is me thinking ahead and trying to plan. Yeah. I was trying to plan for a family. I wasn't trying to plan for my husband being unwell. And so when he was, because he's self-employed, we didn't worry about not being able to pay the mortgage. We didn't worry about... Uh, not being able to pay regular bills because I had set us up with disability insurance. We mm. weren't super stressed because of debt. I think we underestimate yeah. how stressful debt is when you hit a storm. You're traveling in a Most boat definitely. with holes in it. So all of those things, mm. all of the the savings that we, we put aside um, that we didn't spend on our big party, that mm. went to treatment. You know, you you never know. And I have lots of yeah. friends who started out thinking life would go a certain way and they saved a bunch of money for this, but they ended up using mm-hmm. it on 
IVF, like on fertility treatments, for example. You just, mm. you never know. And so putting yeah. aside money in a highly accessible place, cash, um, maybe in a high yield savings account or somewhere that you can, I'm not saying in your, in your, under your mattress, but <laughs> you know, yeah, somewhere where you can access, <laughs> uh, you know, access it. I think we obsess about, oh, should it be three months? Should it be six months? Should it be nine months? How, you know, mm. personal finance is personal. So it really depends on your own situation in terms of how much you need to save. But the key mm. is to put, something away and to pay down debt. Those two 100%. things will help you in a storm. hundred percent. Cause debt, you know, I'm definitely glad you touched on debt because debt is what literally robs us of our wealth. You know, every time, you know, a lot of, we always say, pay yourself first, pay yourself first. How can you pay yourself first? If you're having to pay creditors and having to pay, you know, credit card debt, student loan debt, all those other, you know, debts that are robbing you of your wealth. So it's kind of hard to pay yourself first when you got to pay other people first. So I definitely, definitely agree with you on that. But I want to I want to touch on because I know when it comes to finance, I really think the biggest issue for anyone of any color, any race, any age is spending. So especially like with, you know, the outside, you know, especially with outside opening back up, hopefully, you know, with uh, this COVID and all these different variants and all that, mm -hmm. you know, can you give us some tips on how to control our spending while still living our best life? Oh, my goodness. That is the question, isn't it? <laughs> um, oh, yeah. That's why I got to ask you. I got the money expert. I got it. Got to mm -hmm, ask. Mm -hmm. I think. When you are overwhelmed with money, when mm. you are stressed about it, it is a natural reaction to just close your eyes and sort of stick yeah. your fingers in your ears and you're going, la, 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 I don't want to know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like it's not there. <laughs> yes, I pro but I promise clarity brings uh, comfort. And mm -hmm. so if you are finding that maybe you're out of control, maybe you're spending too much, you don't really know, you know, just take a look. Take a look, download your bank statements over the last three months, you know, open up the, um, your, your bank app and just go through your, your spending and categorize it. Oh, I actually still do mine with a paper and a pen. You know, I don't use a fancy okay. app or anything like that. I <laughs> Whatever just want to see what, yeah, I want to <laughs> see how much money is coming in and then where my yeah. money is going. Um, mm -hmm. Then I can sit, then I can look and see where my spending is, like where the holes are, where I'm leaking money, where I'm, you know, gotcha. I signed up for a, a, a free trial of something and forgot to delete it. And so now mm. I'm being charged on my credit card for this subscription that I forgot about. You know, these are the types of things that Gotta you want to catch. <laughs> oh my goodness. I forgot that I had uh, like an audio subscription to audiobooks. Um, yep. Me just too. Missed, I just missed it. And then I looked the other, I, I looked the other week and I, thought, what is this? Oh, mm. dang. I'm, just, I'm not yep. listening. I'm just paying for just, just nothing. Anyway, hey, you know, Audible, Audible will be getting you with the, with the annual subscription. They'll take about $109. Out. You're like, wait, 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 where's $109? <laughs> if I had known, I would be listening to Money Smart Books right now. And maybe <laughs> this wouldn't <laughs> have happened. But uh, with spending, once you sort of mm. have a, have an idea of, of, you know, a, a bigger picture of what's going on, then mm -hmm. you can make changes. You have to know yourself. You have to ask yourself, what are the last three unplanned purchases that I made? And uh -huh. why did I make them? Because most of the time we are creatures of habit and we're also emotional. And a lot of money is driven by our relationship with it and uh -huh. how we feel. And so a lot of us spend to alleviate pain.
You know, we buy it out of boredom. We buy it out of habit. We buy it to alleviate some kind of stress or we reward mm-hmm. ourselves for a hard day of work or you're lazy and you end up ordering food in the house and, um, or you are buying it for a sense of self-worth. You know, mm-hmm. you think I have a job interview. I need to buy this jacket. It's going to make me look really professional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or if I don't pay for this, then I'm going to be missing out or my friends are going to be closer because they're going to have this bonding experience without me. Whatever mm. it is that you tell yourself, you kind of get a sense of what your own traps are. Mm-hmm. And then you got to put into some kind of outsmart yourself. You put into a uh, put in put into place a plan. So yeah. have an automatic deduction of money that goes to your goals, the things that you're mm-hmm. that, that you think are important. So the money is not there for you to spend because you've taken yeah. care of your your priorities <laughs> first. That's number 1. Next is if you need help, I would set some some midterm, short-term, long-term goals and then get a friend involved because studies mm-hmm. show that when you are doing it with peer support, you actually save more money. So I have a group okay. on uh, WhatsApp that I check in with every Sunday about whatever mm. we have weekly goals. We check in. You don't have to tell your friend how much money you made. You just yeah. have to say, I have a money goal. Please make sure that I stuck to it. Accountability. Sunday. That's right. You need an mm. accountability structure um, in order to affect change. You know what I mean? And so I think the last thing I would say is if you know that you buy from a place of stress mm. or, um, to alleviate pain, then Mm. one thing to try to spend more of your time on is to deal with that stress in the first place. You know, I can hand you a budget, but if you're buying emotionally, then maybe you should deal with some of the, the stuff that, um, Mm. gets you to that place of, uh, of, um, weaker willpower or, you know, a present bias where you're only thinking about here versus now, which all happens with stress. Right. So, Mm. you know, maybe if, if after work, sometimes you walk, buy the stores and you happen Mm. to go in because you're bored or you're stressed or whatever it is, maybe instead schedule a walk with a friend or go to the gym right Uh after work. So you're dealing with that mental, (laughs) mental. um, So what we call on my upcoming app, my upcoming money management app, FYI fly is a peace of mind fund. We don't like to call it an emergency fund because that brings negative connotations and negative vibes. Mm-hmm. We rather call it a peace of mind fund because knowing that you have that money to fall back on creates that peace of mind. So in your opinion, what will be the first initial step to building a positive financial future? What's up? What's up? Oh, y'all haven't heard? FY Fly just released their new website. Check out the link in the show notes and help us test out our site. Please check our free features, educational resources, and our blog that we update daily. We look forward to hearing from y'all. Now let's dive in. That's a great question. <laughs> it's a, I like that you use the word positive. Mm-hmm. I think taking some time, even right now, and thinking about what your relationship with money is based on Mm -hmm. how you grew up. So how did your family handle money? How did they talk about money? How do your Mm -hmm. parents still talk about money to you? And what are you most stressed about? You know, what bugs you about money? What other people do? Does it really tick you off if people are cheap? Or are you just really stressed about it because you feel like you never have enough? 
taking some time to understand how you feel about money、mm. can help you be more engaged in money with a new set of eyes. I think we don't realize、wow. how negative we are about money, and so、For、if、sure. you are saying things like "I'm broke," "I'm so broke." You、mm-hmm. don't actually have to say that. You that's that may not even be true. You could just say if your friend says, "Hey, do you want to go for dinner?" and you say, "No, man, I'm broke." Why don't you just、yeah. say, "No, I'm trying to pay down my debt." That's、yeah. so much more empowering, and that is a more positive relationship with、mm-hmm. money. It's a work in progress. You are a work in progress, and money is not、100%. evil. It's just a tool. And you're doing your best. And money management advice, traditional personal finance rules of thumb, they don't take into account whether you are、um, BIPOC, whether you are female, and there's a、mm-hmm. gender pay, you know, a, a, a wage gap or or、mm-hmm. a, a caregiver penalty when you take time off. They don't take、yeah. into account what your personal experiences were, how if you had to pay for school, and what struggles you've had, and so.、Mm-hmm. Don't beat yourself up over where you are when it comes to your money. You don't need to try to. Okay, I need to save you a bunch of money right now, and just get just you know make sure that my fin lid is you know I'm hundred percent on every test. <laughs> that will be、yeah. a more positive <laughs> experience for me. Really, it's、mm. just just stop beating yourself up. That's an important first step. You know we're gonna、okay. try our best, and you know Hassan's in your corner. He's gonna help、Thanks. you on your journey. <laughs> Thanks. It's gonna be fine. Most definitely, most definitely. I'm gonna help you make a plan and make a play. That's what I. That's what I love. Love to say. Love to say. But I want to touch on because I heard it. It's a lot of emotions, you know, when it comes to money. The money is a tool, as we say, but. It is a lot of preset emotions, and as you said, it's come from you know the way we've looked at it as we were being raised in our childhoods. You know what our parents were feeding to us, and you know especially in the minority communities, we oftentimes feel that we have to struggle or we have to go through hard times just to be real or be authentic. You know what I mean? So I was watching one of your clips, and I saw that you said you said you have to claim your wealth. And I love that quote that you said. So, can you really elaborate on claiming your wealth and why that is so important? There is money out there, and you deserve to have access to it. You deserve to、mm-hmm. um, be able to build your own pool of money for your life—the life that you. Truly want for yourself and for future generations, and、mm. I'm not talking about getting rich. You know, when I talk, when we talk about claiming your wealth or building your wealth, anybody、yeah. can claim their wealth. Anyone can build wealth. You're just increasing your net worth, which can be from negative to less negative,、mm. or, yeah. or zero to five dollars. That is yeah, building wealth, right? You know,、yeah. I think people think about, oh, I'm going to be wealthy, I'm going to be rich, but if you Earn a million dollars and you spend a million dollars, then you're no longer a millionaire anymore, are you? So riches not about how much you make. That's right. Riches not <laughs> wealth is what you don't see, basically.、Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes 
we think of wealth as, as, as uh, we think of building wealth as this sort of like, mm. this is a personal goal of mine. I'm going to do this. It's going to have meaning for me because I'm going to buy X. I'm going to yeah. get that house. I'm going to this. But for me, being a, a, a woman of color, mm-hmm. building wealth is almost a form of social justice. It means that I am doing what I can to claim what is rightfully mine and what I deserve, even though the world, (laughs) even the society says that actually you deserve less than your male Uh, colleague, right? (laughs) Which mm -hmm. is uh, is what I've experienced um, many times over my career and trying to get raises or trying to get uh, oh, you know, you know, paid. you have to talk about experience of, of that. You know, you got to talk about. Was it in journalism? Was you know what? It's in journalism. It's 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 in um. It's in every field, in every industry, and every single time you ask for money or you negotiate mm. for something, that will come up based on your gender, uh, the color of your skin, based on so many things, right? And so when I say claiming your wealth is not just mm. for you, this the simple act of doing so can have an incredible repercussions. You know, you're claiming your wealth for you, but also you're showing the world mm-hmm. what you want to see. You know, you are building generational wealth by making yourself more stable. Um, and gotcha. I think people who are privileged don't appreciate the tremendous gift generational wealth gives you when you are trying to build your life for your family. Um, Mm. And so I don't take the sacrifices that my family, uh, family members have made lightly. And I think that I can also do my part to, you know, be the change I want to see in the world. I love that. I love that. And I have one more question for you. Just listening to, you know, what you were saying really, really sparked in a, a thought in my head, a question in my head. You know, how do we, you know, once we have acquired the generational wealth and the financial freedom for ourselves, and now it's time to give it back to our kids and give it to our grandkids, how can we give it to them but still make them appreciate? Because I heard you said those people that are just headed to it, you know, uh, don't appreciate it as much. So once we get it for ourselves, how do we make sure that our kids and our grandkids don't fall in that, you know, silver spoon trap? <laughs> I was I was hosting a radio show and this came uh-huh. up because there were uh, some celebrities who mm-hmm. said some very wealthy, rich, I'll say, celebrities yeah. who said, I'm not leaving my kids anything. Mm hmm. And I thought, ah, oh man, you probably never hear an immigrant family say that. You know, yeah. <laughs> just, I want my kids to be broke. They're not going to get anything from me when I pass away. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't think that leaving your kids money or giving your children things makes them mm-hmm. spoiled. I think okay. what makes them spoiled is the lessons that you, you teach them um, mm-hmm. through your own behavior, you know? You know, how are you setting an example through your own life? Are you living a life of of um, excess and not being uh-huh. grateful for things? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, that's just that's not about not gifting your kids money. That's just 
kind of poor parenting, I, yeah. I, I think, or just not being better parents. <laughs> I shouldn't. I'm not. I shouldn't say no, that because being just... a parent, honestly, is so hard. And yeah. there's no such thing as being a perfect parent. You try your best, and your parent, your kids probably still are mad at you um, uh... <laughs> and blame you for everything later. But it's it's. Uh, I would say that there are ways to give gifts, and a lot of parents do、mm. do that now, especially with the cost of living being what it is, and the cost of housing. You know, a huge percentage of people buying houses right now、um, in、yeah. in the metropolitan city that I live in is because they're able to do that through gifts. They're able to do that because there's this huge,、uh, you know, the 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 population is aging, and they are、mm. now handing their wealth down. And a lot of a lot of young people are only able to afford a house because their parents、mm-hmm. are helping them.、Um, and I don't think that all of those children are going to be spoiled buttheads. I think,、yeah. <laughs> you know, I think、uh-huh. they they may have seen their parents work extremely hard and seen their、mm-hmm. sacrifice and been a part of that sacrifice and seen them also support their community and give to charity and have also been a part of that philanthropy. You know,、yeah. my my um. Philanthropy was a huge part of my、uh, great grandfather and my grandfather's legacy,、mm-hmm. and I,、uh, I, I will always think that it's important to give back. And most definitely, you know, I, I,、um, I wouldn't, I, I don't, wouldn't obsess so much about <laughs> about、mm-hmm. not wanting to help your kids. I think that there are many ways to give them money without. So-called spoiling them, Turn, turning them into spoiled buttheads. Yeah, <laughs> I、like、yes,、that. I like that. <laughs> But、uh, I, I definitely appreciate you know you coming on the show and joining us on the FY Fly podcast. Please let you know. Is there any final words that you want to leave the listeners with? And please let everyone know where to find you, how they can connect with you, and how they can order your book, Happy Go Money. Yes, Happy Go Money is available anywhere where you where you can buy books.、Um, <laughs> and if you need to reach out to me, I'm always happy to connect people. I'm most accessible on Instagram、um, with the handle l i s l e o n g, or you can just find me at melissaleong.com. And the last thing I would say is, it's been a really strange two years. It's、mm-hmm. you know, there's been、right. no there's been no shortage of stress and tumultuousness, and all of those things breed. Um, changes in our behavior, and so if you、mm-hmm. have been having a hard time with money, if you've had to do things during the pandemic in order to survive, I would just say that you need to be a little bit more kind. We all need to be more kind to ourselves, and just、mm-hmm. start again tomorrow. Tomorrow's a new day. We're going to set new goals, and we can all do it together. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much again for joining the show, for dropping the gems, dropping the lessons. I love it. I love it. Thank you all, and we'll see you again. Thank y'all for dropping in with us. I need y'all to stay safe, stay invested, and stay fly. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you all for listening to FY Fly the podcast, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Tune in next week for more financial literacy insights with our special guests. Please visit our website, social media platforms. And subscribe to our YouTube channel at FYI Fly Podcast. That's FYI F L I Podcast. See y'all next week and stay fly.